Today's episode is called The Age of Deep Fakes and Brain Chips Has Arrived. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into this. We got a lot to cover in the next 45 minutes to an hour. And the first few stories deal with the title uh, that we're dealing with here today, Michael. You know, we've been talking about this for years. Uh, people have been warning about the, the, the dangers that AI could pose. Obviously, like it's a tool, has benefits and potential downsides. Uh, we're at a point now where new technology like AI generated art and AI generated articles and AI is winning prizes and fooling humans and things of that sort. And people are starting to wonder and certain technologists like Elon Musk and others are saying like, hey, maybe we should put a pause on this for six months or a year. But then you got the other side saying if we this this tool could potentially be dangerous, but if we put a pause on it, then the Chinese might do it first. <laughs> so you've got a lot of interesting dialogue going on right now. And what we're going to cover today is uh, a few bits of news for one AI obviously has been in the news. There was a congressional hearing just last week. And there's a couple pieces that we should add to the equation, Micah, for those who might not be aware of this. And maybe you missed this. I just kind of barely caught wind of it. A couple days ago, fake viral images of an explosion at the Pentagon were probably created by AI. A false report of an explosion at the Pentagon accompanied by an apparently AI-generated image spread on Twitter on Monday morning, sparking a brief dip in the spot market. Uh, there's no explosion or incident taking place at or near the Pentagon. There's no immediate danger. The Department of Defense's Pentagon Force Protection Agency said in a, uh, with the, the Arlington County Fire Department in a joint statement on Twitter. The fake image circulating on Twitter showed a black cloud of smoke near a building. The accounts posting it claimed it was the Pentagon, but the image was likely generated by AI, experts are saying, an example and an example of potential for misuse of this increasingly popular and prevalent technology. Uh, then there's some other people just say, you know, looking at the way this particular image is, you know, I'll show them on screen for those who are watching. Uh, it showed like the Pentagon and it showed some fences out front, but because AI does have limitations, there are sometimes tells in the way that the images are made. So for those on screen, this is one of the potential, uh, AI generated images. There's the Pentagon, you see the fences surrounding and there's a giant puff of smoke. People start looking at it a little closer and they're looking at the way the fences are made and it starts to see that there's like some weird blending overlapping, which is sometimes an issue that AI has like they do with fingers. They don't seem to be that great at getting human fingers down very good just yet. So that was one thing that happened this week that uh, RT apparently deleted it, a fake Bloomberg account had deleted it and then got, you know, or had, had tweeted it and then it got deleted later. But this was spreading for at least an hour or more before it was starting to be fact-checked. And then we have this other one that happened uh, about a week ago in Turkey. Turkey's deepfake influenced election spells trouble. This is coming from Fortune magazine. Yesterday's election in Turkey, again, this is a couple weeks ago, was momentous for a variety of reasons with major implications for geopolitics and domestic economy. But historians will remember these polls for one thing in particular, the role of tech-powered disinformation. Just days before the Sunday election, one of the best-known opposition candidates pulled out of the race. This was because of an alleged sex tape that was circulated on social media, which he claimed was a uh, deep fake, that it wasn't him and he wasn't involved in this sex tape that was circulating on social media. Either way, he decided to withdraw from the race and was just like, all right, this is probably too much trouble. It's not worth it. Somebody's trying to get me out of the race. And in a place like Turkey, that could have some real consequences. So... Uh, the this main opposition candidate Murahim Inse pulled out, and then another opposition candidate um, blamed Russia for this and other disinformation that they said was coming up 
to the election, get your hands off the Turkish state. One of the candidates tweeted in Moscow's direction uh, while telling Reuters they had evidence of Russia's involvement. Now, I would take all of that with a grain of salt. Nonetheless, though, a deep fake of a candidate in a major country like Turkey in a sex tape and how do people know if it's real or not? Candidate saying it's not real. People saying, oh, come on, there's hard evidence. I haven't looked into this fully, but those two things, if an explosion at the Pentagon, not real, and then a sex tape, which may or may not be real or could be AI generated or you know, just using somebody's image. This is the whole thing with deep fakes for those who aren't familiar with that term. It's the idea of using your voice, your likeness, your face, your whatever, uh, to impersonate and to maybe make you say things that you didn't say or do things you didn't do, like in the case of a sex tape. We talked a couple of weeks ago about a story in Houston where a, a family had been scammed out of, I think, 10000 maybe $30,000 when their uh, daughter or their son was impersonated. Somebody called them using an AI-generated voice and, hey, mom, dad, I got in a wreck, I'm in trouble, I need you to wire me money. And it all ended up being a scam. So that I just want to start there, Micah, before we get deeper. What do you think about that? I mean, obviously, the implications for elections. And I, you know, I did a video years ago saying, how do we trust our, like, I think it was titled, like, how are we going to trust our eyes and ears? Just something as simple as that. And I don't really know the how we can trust our eyes and ears when we're moving into situations like this. I guess not the naive uh, uh, perceptions, right? Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. The one thing that kind of stands out to me, though, <clears throat> is throughout the article that you read, you know, it says, like, by AI. You know, I think that word, you might not catch much on that, but I think it's kind of misleading because it's not as if AI is out there itself just saying, oh, I got an idea. Let me tweet this. No, an, an individual is using it like an individual that would use a gun or something. Right. It's an individual that uses the tool. So when we say that they were created by AI, we really kind of mean that they were created using AI by a human being that then used them in whatever nefarious way. So I don't know, but I think that's an important part. I mean, it's, it sounds trivial. And of course, people go, oh, it's not the AI that's doing it. Not yet. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what to think about that. But, you know, there have been disturbing counterfeits all through our history. And this is probably just the most cutting edge tool to create said, you know, counterfeits. I don't know how you could control it. It'd be like trying to control ink and paper to stop people from, uh, you know, publishing counterfeit books or counterfeit currency or something. I, 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 I'm at a loss for it. I, I imagine we'll hear a lot more as the show goes on. And now we've lost Eric, but he'll be back. He was not just a fake Eric. So, yeah, I'm glad to see so many um, people tuning in. And I'm wondering, have you all been hearing about AI in terms of, you know, the threats, I, I guess, more and more so, um, you know, there's been these news articles about threats from AI, regulating AI, and that sort of thing. And um, I guess with 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 these concerns, also come the articles revealing why there might be a concern. Uh, what do we do in the face of this? Do we not have a technology because you know someone might use it for nefarious purposes? It seems like most technologies we still go ahead and have, and and hope that humanity will be able to you know, deal with it and use the tool. Um, 
for so much good that it outpaces the negative use of the tool. I don't know. I mean, you could go back to fire even and say, oh, my God, we need to regulate fire because these other cave people, you know, they, they're, they're burning down the forest or they came over and attacked our little tribe and they used fire. So I don't know where you draw the line. It seems like there's always a group in power trying to control the new ideas that are coming out, the new tools that are coming out. And for the most part, I think I'd stand in opposition to that. But I do think we're, 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 we're heading into a world of entirely new troubles. And when you think of like the stated uh, goal of Operation Mockingbird, now you've got this new tool that makes it even, even, even harder to know what to believe. Yeah, and I, I wonder, Micah, do you think that something like AI poses any sort of, and obviously that's a broad term, right, but just, you know, in terms of deep fakes and all the weirdness we're dealing with, do you think it poses any sort of new threat? Like, you know, because I understand what you're saying, the argument about fire and like any other previous technology, technocrats, tyrants will always try to say this technology is going to disrupt everything. We need to come in and control things. But do you think in terms of AI, like it's sort of opening a Pandora's box of something that is magnitudes different than say fire or the wheel or the printing press i mean obviously those created major changes in our society but yeah do you think there's any argument to be made about that that this certainly. is some kind of unique threat certainly and maybe just to reiterate uh, uh, that first point a printing press as you said obviously you know uh, that could compete with uh fiat currency anybody could just print up some fakes right um so the point being, I do think that your concern, the question you ask about, are we going to have, you know, a whole new, uh, is this somehow more dangerous than what we've seen in past technological leaps? And I'd, I'd say every technological leap is, is dangerous because we have certain fundamental assumptions about the way we conduct our lives beforehand, right? Before the plane, we figured it would take this long to get you know, to part of the United States or overseas or something, right? Luckily, those sort of assumptions don't have, you know, big negative uh, effects. Maybe you uh, think you're going to need longer on vacation or something. But when we come to the AI situation, the assumptions are that that's my son's voice or that that's that politician or that our government said this or that the Pentagon's on fire. The assumption is that our eyes and our media is not misleading us. You know, whether we're talking about a Twitter tweet from some obscure account holder or from, you know, perhaps uh, 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 something a little bit more credible. Um, so as more and more fakes are entered into the system, we see, you know, we see hacks all the time. We see different companies who profess to have to take care of our data, lose our social security numbers, right? We see this type of stuff happen on the regular. I think this type of stuff will also happen with AI. People will use hacks combined with AI to basically make it look like your phone company is calling you or your, your I don't know, your landlord is sending you an email or God forbid you're going to do a wire transfer because they're going to hop in there and give you the entire wrong routing number and you're not even going to know about it until after the money's been sent, you know. So there's yeah. a lot of new dangers, but they all tie to that same thing, our presuppositions that life will always be the way we've known it. Yeah, and I think that I don't know if it's completely powered by AI at the moment. I would imagine some of them are, but anybody who spent time on Telegram or Twitter or some of these platforms, they're full of bots. Like there, there's accounts that create fake accounts that look like that have my name and uh, use the same picture and the same description, and they message people and say, "Hey, are you preparing for the coming collapse?" And start trying to give people financial advice and say, "Oh yeah, if you just send me a little bit of money, I'll send you this token. And it's going to make a lot of money." And 
there has to be some sort of bot program which may be AI generated because it happens so fast we'll notice like okay the same name just joins 30 groups at once all the groups that we admin so they're kind of in our network and they have unfortunately scammed a couple people pretending to be myself or some other of our associates um, so those things are happening and then obviously for decades now way before AI old folks have been at risk of just people calling them and say hey, I'm with this company and we need you to send this money and so I imagine those things probably will get worse and um, maybe we'll see some some improvements as well. Um, let's go ahead and continue though, because this AI conversation is is really just it's not going anywhere. And just this past week, Sam Altman, who many of you may be familiar with, he is the CEO of a OpenAI, who is the company behind the ChatGPT, which has become so popular along with Microsoft and Google's. You know, they've got uh, they're working on all this kind of stuff. Well, so Sam Altman, OpenAI CEO, testified in front of the U.S. Senate last week. And he was calling for licensing AI. He thinks that this is going to be better for the industry. And, you know, he's kind of saying there are some concerns and he thinks this is the best next steps. So I was wanted to just talk about this for a moment because I wrote about this. I wrote this article, like, for one, who is this Sam Altman guy? And just let's look a little bit into his past and that kind of thing. Uh, worked with Elon Musk to help develop this open AI. Elon Musk actually has since left the company because he said it was supposed to be open source. And now they're going with a proprietary model and they were apparently using Twitter's data of, of Twitter's users to build their one of the sources to build their AI database and Elon Musk actually recently cut ties to that and said you can't have access to this data I guess because he's upset that he's not along with the company but anyways so they're calling Sam Altman's calling for uh, licensing regulation and I thought it was interesting that Fortune had a different perspective. They said, quote, Altman's advocacy for some rules is not surprising. Technologies company, companies know that regulation is likely coming, and they are trying their best to shape it to their advantage. And basically the argument is that these CEOs may decide that licensing them allows them to protect their code to their AI, uh, to their proprietary models, and also that they are probably afraid of things like open source AI, which obviously open source, open code, people can use it, you can adapt it, you can do all kinds of different things. And people are already doing this, trying to fork chat GPT and create their own versions of personal AI bots. And um, I have some friends who are diving fully into it. Honestly, it's not my thing, but I know friends who are using AI to tell them what code do they need to create to create the website they want, how to come up with the code for an app and doing it in minutes compared to weeks or months. And I mean, maybe this will, in the end, all be people like me will be left behind while they use AI to, you know, accomplish great things without having to spend so much time laboring over code and other tools that AI can help out with. I don't know. I, I'm skeptical about it. But overall, the push last week was we need regulation. We need AI. You had Senator Josh Hawley saying that this is again, the, Micah. They mentioned the printing press. He said that the coming out of the AI, the AI coming into the existence is similar to the printing press and the nuclear bomb. He said that one, the printing press empowered humanity. The other option is that it ends up being like the nuclear bomb where it's a quote, huge technological breakthrough with severe, terrible consequences. So that's part of the conversation. But the other thing I wanted to mention is that literally just days after this guy, Sam Altman spoke at the US Congress, uh, Senate, uh, he was in Lisbon, Portugal for the Bilderberg meeting. And for those of you who don't know, let's just go to Google. I'm sure we can trust Google. Let's search Bilderberg meeting 2023. Interesting, now they have it listed, whereas during and before they had no coverage of it. Like, let's just search the news and see what's coming up. One report from Charlie Skelton six days ago, one report from CNBC, then you get a local Portugal paper, Fox Business covered it the day it happened. 
So no coverage prior though, total secretive. This the, now you got to go back as far as 2018 because there was really no reporting on this. Well, pe lots of people are talking about the World Economic Forum, not so many people talking about the Bilderberg Group, and the Bilderberg Group as they have been uh, doing the recent years. They posted a list of participants and general topics on the day uh, it began. But there was independent media like Dan Dix of Press for Truth out in Canada. Him and some other journalists went to Lisbon, Portugal. They had got they got some sources. They went to the hotel and they noticed that barricades were getting set up. And then before you know it, they start locking the whole place down. And you got, uh, you know, foreign minister of affairs for countries. You got University of Toronto, professor of economics. And here you go. Sam Altman, CEO, OpenAI. You got leader of the Social Democratic Party, staff writer of The Atlantic. You know the deal, Micah. Heads of state, corporations, journalists. President of the World Economic Forum, Henry Kissinger was there. Of course, he had to be wheeled in with multiple machines to keep him alive. I think he turns 100 tomorrow. So I just found that interesting that literally days after testifying in front of Congress about AI and calling for licensing and stuff, this guy's in Portugal for the Bilderberg Group. And then I want to mention one other point about him that may be of relevance to some of our audience. This Sam Altman guy is also working on another project, Micah, called uh, the World Coin. And WorldCoin claims that it is going to be a way that can help humanity deal with the disruption that AI is going to cause. They're saying because AI is going to disrupt so much, we need a way to uh, help people out. So WorldCoin is here to save the day. It is going to be a, they're saying it could be a form of uh, universal basic income that can help people who are out of jobs. And again, day, one day before he testified in Congress, it was reported that he had uh, secured $100 million in funding for WorldCoin. WorldCoin is going to be a cryptocurrency is what they're calling it. But in order to get your WorldCoin tokens, your universal basic income, you have to let their, what they call orb, scan your irises so that you can get your unique biometric identity that nobody else can use. And it's, this is going to be the first inclusive global currency, which allows you to verify your unique personhood with the orb that scans checks an individual is real and is unique and has not previously signed up. It does this by capturing and processing images of an individual and their unique iris pattern. They claim that they do not keep these irises and they're saying that people who sign up will receive 25 free WorldCoin tokens whenever it launches shortly. So there's a lot going on with this guy, Sam Altman, and his involvement with OpenAI, ChatGPT, speaking at Bilderberg Group, and working on some interesting projects. Um, I don't know where you want to pick that up, Micah, but that's, you know, just some more AI news taking place this last few days. Wow. I don't know. Universal basic income from, you know, the elite there that pretend to be capitalist and pretend to be, you know, uh, I guess the uh, real representatives of their nations. You know, there's a lot of pretending to be in this thing that seems bought up with a lot of artificial artificial money, artificial intelligence, <laughs> a lot of pretending to be going on here. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to be too smart aleck with that. I, it just is unnerving. So, you know, they're coming out saying it's going to be disrupted. I've not dug much into it other than, you know, the, the various scary stories we've read about and heard of the fakes, right? How's it going to be disruptive? What's it going to do? Is it going to be disruptive by cutting down the time that people waste how's it they, they don't really spell that out too much yet they go straight to like some new universal cryptocurrency that's based on our iris scan you know more data more data that the, the elite here or whatever you want to call them more data that this closed circle um, will get in exchange for you know some tokens 
uh, you know, that right now there's not, I would say right now, I would argue they don't have any value. Now, maybe later they will. But, you know, this is the same thing we're talking about. They were taking people's Twitter information. You just mentioned that earlier. Why wouldn't they take your iris scan information later when it serves them? Okay, great. You got 25 pennies. Yay. You know, like, who? I don't, I think it's going so fast and they're doing so much over here that your average person doesn't have, you know, much of a chance to digest it. At the same time, all this other craziness is going on in the world. And then these people decide what's best for the world, you know? And uh, this is just another one of the, another front. Yeah, it's like you said, I mean, there's no, WorldCoin it, hasn't even launched yet. Yeah, he got a hundred million dollars investment or whatever, but there's still no truly, guarantee that it's going to be worth anything. It's truly disturbing that they're trying to uh, also burden open source generators, you know, basically open source people who might want to work in this technology. It's as if Ford created a car and then said, oh my God, cars are dangerous. We need to have only one auto manufacturer. We need to license these auto manufacturers. Otherwise, you know, Chevrolet might just make one in his garage over there or Hyundai or whoever, and the wheel will fly off and people will die. You know, I mean, come on. We're talking about something that your average person really doesn't know how it works. Uh, they they might start to grasp how they can use the tool, but they don't know. It's like when they go in their car and they turn the key. A lot of people don't know how their car works. I mean, forgive me for everyone that does know, um, but a lot of people don't. They don't know how a lot of things in their house work. The computer just comes on and we type on it and communicate. And, and I think that's where we're going to be with AI. So what's going to happen? These people get loud enough that they manage to force their way through and, and, and a creation or slash discovery that would be there for any mind to figure out now becomes locked down to, you know, this closed group of artificial intelligence, artificial this, world leaders and pretending to be capitalists, but you get what I'm saying? It's not clear. And we don't know where we're going. And, you know, they, they these stories, they're, they're designed in such a way to tell us about the fear and the dangers and the need for licensing and control and regulation. So I, I don't yeah. I'm not trying to pretend it's not scary. Yeah, no, but I think that this is why it's important to ask critical questions, right? And to not just fall into the like, hey, it's going to be a sunny day. AI is going to fix everything, rainbow and cupcakes, or like it's the end of the world. And we've never dealt with emerging technology. I think there is a balance. You know, I'll throw one other thing into the hat. Here's our buddy Bill Gates saying that AI is going to destroy search engines and Amazon. He said that you will never use AI again in this, use search engines again in this future, nor will you use Amazon because we will have our own personal artificial intelligence, bots, assistants. I'm going to show you guys one more piece of that technology in just a moment and ask if our audience would wear it, if you would wear it, Micah. But so they're imagining that the Alexas and the Echoes and all those kind of stuff, which I don't have interest in, these AI assistants will become like, either wearable, implantable, et cetera, some way that they're going to be on us. And you'll just say Siri or whoever, you get to name it and you know, give it your personal avatar. I'm seeing this as well. I think we talked about that on Snapchat. Your kids have now ChatGPT as part of the account and they can give it its own name and give it an avatar, which to me is further like creating the idea that it's a person or an entity or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so Bill Gates is saying that he's predicting AI assistants will, quote, read the stuff you don't have to read and allowing users to get to information without having to use a search engine like Google. But this goes back to me of like AI, like everything else, it, it's going to be dependent on who's programming it and what is the data set that they're learning from, right? So if they're learning from a data set that says 
big farmers a conspiracy and all vaccines are safe, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then the AI is going to give you that same answer. You know, it's not like it's going to come up with something else, you know? So, and, and I, I've heard Musk say he wants to have a truth bot, truth AI for some, you know, for that reason, so that people get accurate information, but it's going to be interesting, right? Because there will be people, just how people say, oh, well, Google said this, so it must be true. There's going to be people who said, my AI assistant told me it's true, so it's got to be true. So, Unless we all get a whole bunch of different AI assistants that tell us a diversity um, more than maybe Google and the various search engines could tell us. Maybe our so. become so customized, they give us so much diverse information that it's hard to <clears throat> check or know. And people, maybe, this is just a scary story of it, maybe communication gets even worse because everybody has their own private little AI through their own private little data set that's like their low, their feed, you know, like their, yeah. their feed is narrower and narrower. So do their recommendations from AI. And so AI, you know, we could be dumbed down just by accepting, you know, the answer from the calculator rather than knowing exactly. how to do it. I mean, people already accept if it says go left instead of right. And then sometimes anybody who's ever experienced this, when you happen to still have the the uh, the maps on or whatever, and you're in a neighborhood you already know, and you're like, why is this stupid thing telling me to go this way? I know this neighborhood better. And it takes you a route that it believes would be faster, but you know in your human mind, which still works, that I've been driving this road my whole life. I know I can get there quicker taking this one, you know, going through the neighborhood or whatever. There's little things like that. The more dependent we come on them, those questions will get bigger. It won't just be like, oh, I took a left instead of a right. It'll be like, I believe this and took this action because the AI said so. Um, but guys, you're listening to Live Free, Think Free. We're about